of all the tea. I guess that's what you guys call it. I spill the tea. I fucking guzzle the tea and I go and spit it all over the place because I'm telling the truth. And that's the tea. Tea is your truth. Tea is what is the tea? Like, what is your truth? What's going on with you? Here's the nice and confusing tea. Girl, what is the tea? What is it? What is the tea? What's up, guys? I am so happy that my voice is back because if you remember with episode two, I ended up saying I was going to Miami. Well, I went and my voice also went to Miami and stayed there for a bit, but it came back today. It's pretty much back a little raspy, but not bad. And the second I landed, I flew into Fort Lauderdale's airport. I knew what I was going to open the show with because my journey in to Florida was, oh God, it was, it was a lot. I nearly died. That's not an exaggeration. It was kind of crazy. And so I kind of want to tell you guys the story of how I almost died flying into Miami. All right, let's, let's take this from the top. So let me just start by saying my friends had already booked their tickets. Um, I want to say a couple months ago. I didn't book mine then. I knew I wanted to go, but with working as a producer, freelance, like my schedule is kind of all over the place. When you're working on a show, it's really not unusual to work Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I wasn't sure I'm in between work right now, so I didn't know if I was going to take this one gig that started in March and all this stuff. So I just knew I needed to wait closer to the day that we left in order to book my tickets. And so by doing that, I ended up having to go on my own separate flight. So I didn't fly out with my friends. So I'm by myself. No big deal. Flew by myself before I could do it again. But I'm not going to lie. I do definitely have a fear of flying. So, you know, we'll get through it. It'll be fine. But I, I definitely have the underlying fear. I have a fear of all forms of transportation now that I think about it. Like I have this thing where... Um, when I go on the train, I make it a point to not go on the first or last car because I feel like statistically those are the two trains to have the most fatalities if there is a crash. So I always make sure to stay in the middle. Cars, yeah, not a fan of those either. So I'm already a little nervous going into this situation now. I get to the airport. I get through everything really fast. Security. I mean, I swear to God, from the time I got dropped off from my Uber to the moment I was done with security, it must have been no more than 15 minutes. It was so quick. So I'm like, all right, great start to the day. We're, we're killing it. And then, oh, mind you, I'm flying Spirit. I think it's definitely important that I mention that because the moral of this whole story is I am definitely never flying Spirit again. Um, but because I had to wait so last minute to book my tickets, that kind of was like the only option left as far as like, times of flights that worked out um and price wise <laughs> drastically drastically less expensive like it wasn't like a oh that's just the cheapest ticket so I'll go with it and take the cheap way out no it was like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars less than every other option for some reason it was wildly expensive um every other airline um i guess because it was last minute whatever the point is I, I flew spirit so now I'm, I'm on the plane i've boarded i'm sitting down i bought a window seat and a family rolls through coming down the aisle and i'm like please don't sit next to me because they got a baby like a baby baby and what happens, they sit next to me. So I got like a seven-year-old kid in the middle seat that's to my right. The dad is in the aisle seat and then across in the same row is the baby and the mom and maybe there was another kid. So I'm like, yeah, go fucking figure. And so now I have the family next to me and behind me are these two elderly Italian grandmothers 
And they're going back and forth talking about all the trips they've done in the past, going X, Y, and Z and whatever. And we take off, okay? It's important that you know that these characters are surrounding me now because we're taking off and I feel, you know, I'm nervous. I just like, I do my little father, son, Holy Spirit, hope for the best. And it was a disaster. I actually literally thought I was going to die. Not because, oh, I just have a fear of flying. No, 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 no. This is what happens. Let me paint the picture. The airplane is making a sound when we take off, similar to like a lawnmower. It's just this steady, constant, really sketchy sound. I don't know. It just was like, like something, something not correct. And the old Italian grandmothers next to me need to go, oh no, we're screwed. I never heard that sound before. And I've flown everywhere. I never heard that. Oh, we're screwed. We're done. Blah, blah, blah. Like literally, <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? Shut up. So I actually, at one point, cause this went on for like a full 10 minutes, which may not seem long, but that's a long time. And I turned around at one point and I just said, enough, please. Like I'm freaking out. Um, cause they just kept saying how we're gonna die. And someone else at like a, some, someone probably like more like my age was a couple rows behind me and just yells out, Oh my God, my friend said, if you fly spirit, you become a spirit. And I'm just like, can everyone stop putting in my head that I'm literally about to die right now? I'm thinking, thank God I sent my love you text before we took off. Cause I'm literally gone. And then, um, this little girl next to me, her father should have got her a freaking window seat because she's leaning on me as if there's not a pandemic going on. And if, even if there's not like, get out of my personal space, kid, she's putting her fingers right in my face like point mommy mommy look out the window and I'm just like what the hell get off me so not only is the plane making this crazy sound but this pilot has lost their mind we're literally completely sideways at one point bouncing like like turning like excessively like I am like this is literally not right my stomach is dropping constantly from like how bad this takeoff is and I'm thinking this is literally going down like everyone's bugging out around me everyone's screaming that we're gonna die this feels wrong this is is not a safe takeoff. So I, I'm like about to throw up at this point. I take the window, I slam it shut. And I look to the little girl next to me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you really want to look at that right now, but I cannot handle this. And so I shut it. Kid backs off for a second. Thank God. And I look, I'm in the, um, the row right behind the like exit aisle. And that's where one of the attendants was sitting, like facing me in that like extra space. And anyway, I grab his attention after these 10 minutes of the grandmothers going off about we're screwed, we're screwed. Like <laughs> I literally just like throw my hand up. I go, Hey, like, are we good? I just, are we okay? Like, is that sound okay? Because <laughs> this man, I'm like, he either doesn't give a damn if this thing crashes or we are fine. Cause he's not even like blinking. Um, and he was like, yeah, no, we're good. We're good. And so I don't know what the hell that was about, but after like 10 to 15 minutes, we're like steady in the air and everything was fine. There was no turbulence during the flight or anything like that. And then when we landed, I'm like, I guess Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one more time, pray for me. The landing was just as horrific as the takeoff. Of course, like I had my music blasting the whole time because I just did not want to hear the friggin' peanut gallery behind me about how this is this pilot. Oh no, we're done. So the one second when we were doing our landing, the one second that my music decides to pause we hear oh no there you go again and I'm just like oh my god I really can't wait to get off this plane so long story long the plane lands and we're okay but that was really just the beginning of my struggles because at this point I'm like I'm so grateful I'm here it's over not over we're told that our luggage is at carousel 2 I go to carousel 2 bags start coming out after like 30 minutes so they're already
already was taking an insanely long time for one bag to come out. Bags start coming out. It's for Pittsburgh flight, not a flight coming out of Newark. So I'm like, yo, what is going on? And everyone around me is like from New York and New Jersey and everyone's bugging out about where the hell's my luggage, you know, going off. And we can't find one person to like help us that works here to like tell us where are our bags. After about an hour or so, we all finally get our goddamn bags. By the way, my suitcase was completely busted, a brand new one. Like the whole corner was like dented in. And this was like very hard material. Like, I don't know how that happened. I was just like, oh my God, screw it, whatever. I really don't care. It's not like a Louis, like, let's get out of here. I am so ready to go to the Airbnb. Now, I am waiting outside for my Uber. No, 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 the craziness ain't over yet. I am waiting outside for my Uber. I'm like, this cannot, like, I just gotta go. I am here, I made it, let's go. Okay, not without another speed bump. So I'm standing there at like, you know, the pickup, like there's all these cars right outside the terminal to pick up whoever, Ubers, taxis, whatever. And the family sitting next to me, the father was parked in this beautiful blue Porsche. And I don't know where the rest of the fam was, uh, but good thing they were not in the car because this is what happens so there's like a, a car parked behind him and a car parallel to that same car so there basically there's this old man that gets out of his car and another car starts pulling up and like literally is coming straight for this old man like going driving really slowly like to leave the place but I'm like oh my god like what the and they literally hit this old man slow enough that like he didn't fall to the ground but it tapped him and I'm just like me and, and the girls next to me also waiting for a car we're like what the hell is wrong with that driver how did what the, how did that just happen like thank god the guy's okay but I literally just watched an old man in slow-mo about like get hit by a car I'm just like, holy shit, I gotta get out of here. What is going on in Fort Lauderdale? And then that driver wasn't done screwing up though because then they go ahead to like keep driving forward to leave this airport and they literally go right across the Porsche. Uh, like scraped the shit out of the back of it while the guy's in the car. And, and we're like, oh my God, like, what am I looking at? Like, how? what is wrong with this driver? Like, are they good? And everyone just starts bugging out. The guy hops out of the car. This car drives away. Like they fully just did a whole ass hit and run. And I'm like watching this unfold. And I'm just like, am I living in a movie? Like, why is this one thing after another right now, a full on hit and run just to finish it all off. Uh, then my Uber finally arrives. I tell him all this crazy shit I just went through for the last couple hours. And he just decides to drive like an absolute idiot. He was one of those like slammed on the brakes. Like I, I was about to throw up. Finally make it to the Airbnb and I had a great time, my friends. It was a great trip, but oh my God. Like I actually just cannot believe the journey that it took to finally get there. But God, I love Miami so much. I can't get enough. And actually my guest that I have on today currently lives in Miami. Her and I met a few years ago. She is a bad bitch. She's an entrepreneur. She is gonna be joining us today to talk about Oscars fashion because I can't think of anyone better to talk about Oscars fashion than this girl. Oscars were this past weekend and there were some looks that did it and some looks that just did not not deliver. Um, and we're going to break it all down for you guys and talk a little bit also about her time in reality TV. But first, we're going to cover these Oscar looks. So everyone, please welcome my good friend, Vic Alario to the show. Vic, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So this past weekend were the Oscars. We're finally back on like red carpet in person glam. 
and I thought like who better to talk about this with than the fashion queen herself <laughs> if you guys aren't familiar Vic has like a past work you worked in fashion right yeah like corporate fashion was my career now more of my own style but yeah now if you go on her Instagram you'll like buy everything she links because she just looks good in everything um so but we were talking last night about some of these looks some of them delivered a lot of people didn't. So I kind of want to get into this. Um, so before I say anything about what I liked, what were some of your favorite looks of the night? Okay, so it's funny that my absolute favorite looks of the night are by people I actually don't know. Um, so that might be a little weird. No, but I think because this past year, like so many like major productions had to postpone because of COVID. So it was a lot of like unfamiliar names to like average shows at home that don't like keep up with this type of stuff. So yeah. Right, right. And of course there's the, the there's the super obvious and we will get into them like the Zendaya and her and like they looked absolutely flawless. But the two outfits that just totally took my breath away, one, Tiara Thomas, mm-hmm. she wore this like white suit pretty much, but I can't tell if it was like the jumpsuit or what, but it was absolutely stunning with the blazer jacket with the feathers. And she just looked so, so, so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other girl, Zaria is her name. And she was with comedian Trayvon Free and she wore a custom Dolce & Gabbana dress. And she looked absolutely flawless in the gold. She just, she seriously took my breath away. The second I saw that look, I was like, Vic is going to love this dress. Like, oh it looks like so pretty. Ciara Thomas was one of my favorites too. Like the plunging neckline, just like, it was a very elegant, like simple, but like, it was perfect. It was just like on point. So I agree. Yeah. The both of them looked so, so, so chic. Like I love anything with feathers. I love anything with silk. So they both covered the feathers and the silk. And then I also love neutral so white and gold like you just cannot beat a look like that so classy and and iconic honestly yeah no I totally agree I love them both too um like you said Zendaya she was one of probably my favorites of the night she had on this breathtaking vibrant yellow Valentino gown she had this midriff bearing cutout detail and six million dollars worth of diamonds on her neck I don't know if you saw I did not see that raped and yeah oh my god she looked worth six million yeah she was so beautiful she had matching Jimmy Choo heels the dress apparently took 300 hours to produce and it also glowed in the dark I don't know if you know that but it also like was like a neon glow in the dark dress I mean she has never not served she has never not she you can always count on her to deliver 10 out of 10 I can't remember one time where I was like oh Zendaya you just like didn't really pull through for me that time. Um, but it's funny because so her Silas Law Roach said that the look was also an homage to Cher, who wore a similar gown on the Sonny and Cher show in the mid-1970s, who also just in itself, like Cher is just like always slayed. Yeah. Daya so. and her stylist, I mean, she's been with him for years now, or I guess he's been with her for years now. They really come correct every single time. And he always has something like that, like brings it back to, you know, the inspiration. And I mean, she's always flawless looking. She's killing it. And like her hair, like there's a perfect shot of like her hair blowing in the wind. And it's like, this would be Zendaya's red carpet. The hair, the hair was very regular hair. I mean, I don't think that she needed to do anything more with that look. I feel like the look was in and of itself, like, you know, breathtaking. That, yeah. That's what you look at. So I feel like the hair was nothing crazy, but that simple, like kind of crimpy look was really working for that. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I also want to talk about hers look because when I sent this to you, I wasn't sure if you were going to be into it or not. And I'm glad you were because I definitely am too. So what were your thoughts on? Well, let me just say this was hers first Academy Awards red carpet debut. And right. she had this custom look, um, like a cobalt blue beaded hooded ensemble. And it was actually inspired by the one that Prince wore to accept his Oscar for Purple Rain in 1985. She actually ended up winning on Sunday for best original song. So maybe it was good luck. But what, what did you think about this jumpsuit? I think that it was a bold move because she definitely did not play it safe with her look. And I think that she made the right choice. Being that it was her first, she definitely could have said, let me, you know, play it safe, make sure that like I look the part really, you know what I mean? But she looked her own way and looked iconic. I really liked this look on her. I feel that it was truly her style and like I don't really know that the typical you know red carpet look would be her look a gown things like that like this was perfect for her I agree and she also always has like that round like signature sunglasses which she had with her with her jumpsuit last night which also had that same hue of like a purpley blue cobalt color um like purple eyeshadow like it was all came together not many people can pull that off and the purple lip like it just all came together as one. And like you said, she just like stuck to her look that she's like known for, which is- Yeah, I mean, if you want to play big, but also like really stay true to like your style, she absolutely nailed that. Yeah, for sure. Another one that really stood out to me was Regina King. She had on this sky blue custom Louis Vuitton gown. It featured these winged sleeves and embroidered with silver sequins um, and two tones of silver crystals. Now she had this light blue eyeshadow, which is so funny because when I think of light blue eyeshadow, I think of like the disaster that I was in sixth grade trying to <laughs> like bronzer and blue eyeshadow. But for her, she literally came out looking like a fairy godmother and I was like obsessed with it. So what, what did you think about this look? Were you into it? I am the complete opposite I did not love this look love this look so let's tell you Mm -hmm. from far away Mm -hmm. I liked it okay once I was up closer not that I was personally but I was getting the up closer shots of her and I was seeing you know the sequins and the beads and the crystal not to it 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 was tacky for me I'm sorry I know that people are definitely disagreeing with me because everywhere I'm looking she's on the best dress list Uh uh-huh I don't know it got I think with the sleeves with the sequins, with the like silky look, it was too many things happening for me. You probably wouldn't love to. She had on Louis Vuitton sandals. I don't know how you feel about a sandal on a red carpet. You can't see it because her gown covered it. Right, a gown is too long. A sandal. That's funny too because the director of Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, she had on sneakers on the red carpet. How do you feel about a sneaker on the red carpet? No, see, that's almost, let's go back to her for a second. That's yeah. almost how I was saying, like, you know, you want to be true to your style, but whatever, like, but girl, like if your style is sweatpants and sneakers, it, we can definitely upgrade that. We don't need to be regular, like grocery store, you know, right. style. Yeah, we've done the, the sneakers for a year now. Like this is <laughs> a way to glam it up, but you're right. I mean, I feel like she's so, she is a minimalist style. Like I feel like no crazy makeup. She had these like braids in and she won the night. She won everything. Like I think, you know, everyone expected, but a sneaker on the red carpet could never be me. Never be no. No, I mean, it's almost like show that you care, you know, show that you care to be here, like throw on a heel, maybe it's uncomfortable, but like, we've all had a Friday night out in shoes that we didn't like, but you know, we had to wear to look the part, like Uh you could have done a little bit more. 
do you but I, I but I just going back to you know Regina King I feel that it has to be one or the other the sleeves and the silk like that shiny look could have been one minus the sequins or if you want to do sequins then get rid of the sleeves to me it was it was it was a lot and and it was major fairy godmother vibes but I I mean I guess I just don't appreciate the fairy godmother because like I see it in a way of why do you want to look like the fairy godmother you know but you see it as like oh fairy godmother vibes I'm like yeah in my eyes I like but I totally get what you're saying like I definitely have an opinion on the look we'll talk about later that has made all the best dress and I don't agree either so I feel you um and then the last look I want to talk about for what I think was one of the best dress was Andra Day she had this well actually it was kind of like a theme of the night this gold Oster look like coming through looking like an Academy Award yourself Leslie Odom Jr. wore gold like a gold suit Carrie Mulligan had a gold gown on um but Andra Day she had a custom gold metal mesh gown designed by Vera Wang with jewelry from Tiffany and Co. She had the cutout midsection, high slit up the leg. Like she looked really good. It was very simple, like a high bun. I felt like she wasn't trying hard, but it really worked. and just was like a really elegant, solid look. Did you like this one too or no? Very, very Cleopatra vibes. And how could you not love a Cleopatra look? Um, I, I think that this dress was perfect. I think that it was, it was great. It looked so good on her, especially with that hairstyle, you know, having the hair up and just letting the dress have its moment, no hair, you know, taking away from it, like down her back or anything like that. I just think that this was such a stunning dress. Yeah. The whole look really came together for me. I this is true from head to toe. Perfect. Yeah. Head to toe, perfect. I agree. Now let's kind of take the pivot here. There were a lot of looks we were like, what the hell is going on? So I would ask you first, what were, in your opinion, some of like the worst looks of the night? What was like, what is happening here? Okay, so contrary to what I think a lot of people have been loving, I've been seeing Margot Robbie on Best Dressed. I didn't love it. The one thing that I loved about Margot Robbie's look was her hair. I loved the bangs, the low pony. I am sorry. As soon as I saw her dress, I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. So I don't know if I would fully classify it as like worst dress, but I was like very unpleasantly surprised because look, this has been over a year that we've been deprived of red carpet looks. You have to come to stunt for Oscar night. Like I expected a lot more from her. It was a uh, glittery, like spaghetti strap Chanel gown gave me like two thousands vibes, but yeah, the only thing I really liked was her glam because honestly it's Margot Robbie. She's never really going to look bad. You know, her hair and makeup was on point but very underwhelming. I thought it was too simple for the Oscars. Yeah, I think that it was like movie premiere look. Like she could have worn that to one of her movie premieres, but not to the Oscars. And and to be completely like honest with you, like I just wasn't loving a metallic floral. I yeah. just wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't vibing with it at all. She's been on like every best dress list. So like, I feel you, I'm not completely under. I feel like it's because it's Margot Robbie. So no one wants to right. be, she didn't deliver because she does look great. It's just, she could have done more with her look. Right. I also think that Halle Berry had a lot of things going on on the front of her dress that I was not, not crazy about either. I didn't love the hair either. The majorly short bob going on, a little choppy. Super short bangs is what I think is, the bob would be fine. Yeah. The bob, like a bob could be, I mean, Victoria Beckham has been like yeah, rocking right. that for God knows how long. Like that sleek bob look, no matter how short it is, it's the super short bangs that throws me off. 
Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I did see her land on one of the like not best dress lists too. So maybe we're on par with that, but wasn't my favorite. One that I also really didn't like, Glenn Close, poor woman. She did not win her her Oscar at eight-time nominee. She really does deserve it, poor woman. But this Armani look, I wasn't into it. It was, okay, just like way too much going on. Um, So it was supposed to give a nod to like Far East, long tunic, but she paired it with these trousers and gloves, um, like a, a kitten heel. And there's all these like crystals on this tunic with geometric patterns and like, whoa, this is too much going on. It didn't really work out for me. I was like not feeling, I was not feeling that. It's just like, I feel like the, the long tunic just read more like a gown to me and you can't put a gown with trousers and gloves and it, it, it was far beyond a tunic it was long yeah. like that was a dress that was that was a mid-length dress it, the exactly. only thing that was not covered was her ankles yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was just not it didn't make sense for me it just and and the color too I mean that blue with black gloves and pants was like trying to match colors that don't match it was very confusing I was so just like are we just being nice because there's another one that like made a lot of best dress lists maybe I have no taste I just don't (laughs) no I think I actually think that you have exquisite taste oh thank you thank you (laughs) um and then I guess the one last thing is that there was a lot of red dresses on the red carpet last night lots of lots of red was going on Uh but I did not love Reese Witherspoon's Christian Dior look Uh, the belt I don't know that was not working for me yeah because she's she knows how to do a red carpet I don't think that delivered either a red look that I think did deliver though Angela Bassett she looked really really good she had like these puffy sleeves going on I do love the puffy sleeves moment with the slit because I think that like if you're gonna have Almost going back to the reason why I don't like Regina King's look is that there's like too much. It's the sleeves. It's this, it's that. I love that Angela Bassett had the big sleeves, but on a plain dress with a high slit. It's like, here's a statement, but here's some like movement going on with it as well. I love movement. Yeah. Yeah. And like her hair slicked back. I mean, it definitely like worked for me. Everything. Even like the dark, she had like this dark blue eyeshadow going on loved it it worked like she pulled it off and her cheekbones are just unmatched her face is just unreal but yeah Angela Bassett killed it loved her look lots of red lots of gold this weekend now I want to ask you if you could come up with like your dream Oscar red carpet look what would it be which do you have a designer in mind like a certain like color fabrics like style what would you do okay this is a great question I think if I had to imagine my red carpet look Mm-hmm. It would be Christian Dior. Okay. It would be almost corset style. So I love my ideal look is usually like a lingerie inspired look, uh-huh. which might sound like, what does that mean? But I love anything that has like corset style or like a sweetheart top with, you know, the boning down the torso. I love anything that's kind of like that maybe some mesh or lace, uh, something black probably, or a nude color that has almost like a see-through type of, you know, top. It could even be pants. It could even be pants. It doesn't even have to be a dress. Yeah. I love a tailored chic look as well. But I love Christian Dior's, you know, sexy feminine style. I love that. I definitely couldn't see overdoing a ball gown. 
Like, no, a ball gown. Like for me, a dress that I would like is usually a little simple. It's very like slip dress style. I love a really pretty, classy, maybe gold, maybe nude, like satin, silky dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something tells me that if I was going on the red carpet, I would be really feminine and really like sexy Dior style. I love it. And you got the Dior in the background. So I <laughs> exactly. Yes, you're the Dior girl. Um, so going off that then, do you have like a favorite red carpet look of all time? Like doesn't need to be Oscars, any red carpet, anything come to mind? For me, my favorite red carpet look of all time is Cher 1974 Met Gala. You totally know this look. It's like a naked, like a sheer dress that um, designed by Bob Mackie. It's like totally inspired Kim Kardashian down the line at, on a future Met Gala look, Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid. I was just going to say, didn't Kylie or Kendall wear something inspired by, by this outfit for like the Met Gala or something of the sort? Kim did, but then Kendall also did like a few years ago, um, like a sheer black dress. You like literally saw her butt, but it worked. <laughs> like it was yeah. definitely, I feel like a lot of people have taken inspo from this look. I mean, share every single thing that she wore. That was the iconic fashion that's timeless and that is to this day and for years to come is always going to be the inspiration behind someone's look, you know? I don't think that fashion today is ever going to be nearly as iconic as Cher and how they used to dress back in the 70s and the 80s. I agree. I mean, look at like, we have Zendaya pulling inspo from Cher for this Oscars. We have Kim, like, for a look from the 70s living this many decades later. I don't see a 2020s look. No, like no one's going to say, you know, Margot Robbie in 20 in 2040. No one's going to say back in 2021, you know, Margot Robbie inspired this look. Like these are, they're not timeless, you know, some, some pieces are, I can't speak for all, but they're not that timeless. Yeah. Like fashion that share. Cher is timeless fashion. Yeah, I agree. Cher lives on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that's it that we have on Oscar red carpet fashion. We're going to have all these looks posted on my Instagram, t.time.pod. So it's tea.time.pod. So you can have visuals of all the looks we just talked about. Now, moving on to the next part of the show, I want to talk to you, Vic, about some of your experiences on TV, right? Because you were, I guess, could we say reality star, right? Like, Uh, (laughs) I don't like saying that, but you were on MTV a few years ago. I have some questions for you that I feel like people will be interested in hearing. So let's just kick it right off the bat. You were on X on the Beach. How many years ago? Was it 2018, I want to say? Well, we filmed it in 2017, which is crazy. And it aired on MTV in the summer of 2018. Okay. So my question for you, what sparked your interest to do that? How old were you at that time when you filmed? So when they had initially contacted me, I was only 21 years old. Oh, they reached out to you. You didn't like go and search for that. I mean, I was on season one, girlfriend. Like that was not even a thing. I never heard of this. It wasn't something that I could have even actively looked into. This was not even a thought in my mind, nor did I ever even hear of it. So I will never forget this moment. So this was in 2016. Mm -hmm. I was 21 years old, straight out of college, and I just got my job. And I was going through my emails. And I I got it. I randomly got an email 
with a weird headline that caught my attention, like subject line that caught my attention. I forget oh, what exactly it said, but it said something about casting um, for, it said my name, which is the first thing that caught my attention. It said, hey, Victoria, we're casting for blah, 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 whatever. A new, new sexy single show, whatever it said. Uh-huh. So it was a guy that was emailing me saying he found me on Instagram and wanted me to send him photos of myself and a short little bio. And I will never forget, I screenshotted that email on my phone, sent it into my group chat with my friends being like, if I send my information here, am I going to end up on like some porn website? Like I'm scared. Like <laughs> the network, they didn't say like MTV. No, they, they, they could not disclose the network. So they said we were from a production company. We can't disclose the network. We can't tell you any of this information, but you know, we want some info on you. So they were like, I would think like, I thought it, I totally thought it was fake. I totally thought it was fake. My yeah. friends were like, oh my God, just do it. Like just send regular photos and a bio. Like you're not sending personal information. And if you send photos from your Instagram, it's like public info anyway, you know? So I sent a couple photos from my Instagram, very bare minimum info about me. And I was like, let's just see what's the worst that can happen. And I had never heard back. And then that was it. Fast forward about almost a year later, Uh I got a text message. Hey, Victoria, this is so-and-so from so-and-so production company. I'm with the casting. We got your email. I don't know if you remember sending this a long time ago. And I wanted to call you. I was on the bus home from work. I was literally on the city bus from Manhattan to Staten Island. And I said, well, I'm like a couple stops away from home. I can call you in a few minutes. So I called him. I called him when I got off the bus and my parents were like texting me like, where are you? Because like they knew I was going to be home, but I was on the phone with this guy for like 45 minutes, just walking around my neighborhood because I didn't want my parents to hear me, obviously. Because it's like very like, what is this old guy doing on the phone with you asking you all this personal information? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have time to-, to him for a while. Didn't hear back again for months. And then I ended up here getting an email asking if I would go out to LA. This was months later, months later and- on a Tuesday, like, hey, can we fly you out to LA on Friday to interview you in person? So now, of course, I had to tell my parents. So I went, they flew me out. I did not hear from them again until October. And they said, you're casted and you're coming in November. So this was like a very long process, like a year and a half process of that. Ever even made it to filming. It was like a year and a half. Yeah, we filmed in November of 2017. And they had first contacted me as soon as I graduated college, which was May of 2016. Oh my God, that blows my mind. Yeah. Because like I said on like a previous episode, how when I will book for a show, sometimes like, especially this past year with COVID, so many, like your sources are limited kind of. So I've like reached out to people on Instagram DMs. So many times people think it's fake or you can get emails. Like if you have your email linked on Instagram, I'll, I'll message people that way to be like more professional if the option is there. And it's just so crazy because I think even without even listing the network, like I I didn't know the network until we were going to film. They couldn't give me any information until I was part of the cast. 
I think a lot of people in your position probably wouldn't have even answered because they they would think it was fake. But it just I answered at first because it was just simply a what do I have to lose? You know, like I kind of was just like, what's the worst that can happen? Like they don't answer me or or what? They put my photos and this miniature bio on a website yeah. about me, like some creepy website. Like so I knew I didn't really have anything to lose because I, I wasn't giving them much information. Realistically, they don't take much information from you until you're part of the cast. You're not really doing too many things that's when I started to sign the NDAs and give over my information and yeah I really didn't have much info until I was part of the cast so wait that actually brings me to my next question then this was season one so you've never seen the show before did they tell you the show you're going on is gonna we're gonna pull in your ex-boyfriends or did they say this is like you said a sexy single dating show and you think like some hot man's going to come out to date you like what did you expect did you know what you were really signing up for so i had not a clue but the truth is is that they didn't really have a clue either so you know how you think it's so crazy and i'm i'm saying how it's so crazy how long this process was it's because they changed the premise so many times mm-hmm. so they did know that they were doing x on the beach but we didn't know that they were doing x i, I of course had no idea Um, and I'll never forget as soon as I got home from Hawaii from filming my dad said to me so what was the show because like they had we had no idea I remember getting home and being like so this is what the show was because I I genuinely didn't know I ended up finding out after I had gone there that the reason there was so much back and forth and so much time going through is because the show was initially supposed to be just random people like myself that they had found on Instagram or found through having applied to other shows like they were initially supposed to just do people who like they just wanted to start doing reality TV and like had no nothing following yeah then when they had not reached out for a while was because then they were going to make it only previous reality TV or like celebrity type of people so then they had a whole cast already planned of all people with a following, with having been on MTV or, or just any, you know, reality TV mm-hmm. or even like kind of micro like D-list celebrity type people. Right, uh, right. And then they scratched that plan and that's when they had reached out to me over the summer about flying me out was when they said, what if we do a mix of people, like both from TV and not from TV. Uh-huh. And then after that, when I had not heard from them for a while and I didn't hear from them until literally October was when they decided they were fully going with basically all prior reality TV people except for two of us, which was me and one guy. Wow. Everybody that they flew out to LA and all that, they basically said, fuck all these people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they, because there was a lot of people in LA when I went. I think they had like 100 people probably come out. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they ended up only doing two of us, for, not with the past on reality TV, and then everybody else was. However, they all knew what it was because those are all people who had managers. So the managers were the ones doing the contracts and the deals and the NDAs and all that. So they had information, but so- I didn't know anything. They knew their exes were coming through, but like you and probably this one other Insta person didn't. Had no idea. Oh my God. So then that makes me think they really had to do the digging to find your ex. Like they, you didn't like provide. I always wondered that. I'm like, do you low key know what you're signing up for? And you give like, here's my ex-boyfriend's name, number, address. Well, so I had no idea that they were bringing them on. They had me give them five friend referrals or family referrals. Could be friends, could be anybody. 
and five guys I've dated referrals. So I gave them five friends slash family and five exes. And every day I was like asking everybody, did anybody contact you? Did anybody contact you? Did anybody contact you? All of my friends, they never contacted, but all five of the guys, they contacted all of them. Oh my God. And then that was it. They all said nothing. They were like, we did a call. I spoke about you. They asked about me, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And then that was it. And then it literally the week that I was going, the week that my flight was booked, my ex that they brought on the show, they sent an email to asking if he'd be interested in doing the show too. I had no idea that it was going to be the same. I, I was like annoyed because I'm like, ew, like I had them contact you for yeah. me. Having no- and now they're putting you on something. Yes. Oh my God. So you didn't think it was going to be like the show you're going on. You're like, he's going to do some other project. Like what the hell I put him on. Like <laughs> I literally was like, that is super annoying. I was so annoyed. I'm like, I did not mean to give you exposure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Okay. So that makes me think too, since you're like one of the only people then that didn't have like prior TV experience, how was your experience on the show? Were you like nervous at all? Like, how did you feel while you were there? I definitely, I don't get nervous. I think that being nervous would have meant I, I had like insecurities and stuff, but I honestly didn't. I went on very confident and I went yeah. on very much myself. And the only thing was that, you know, I wanted to be mindful of like knowing every single word I say is on camera and whatever. So the first couple nights I was drinking a lot and whatever. And then that self-awareness kind of came over me of like, I don't like how I was kind of acting and talking those first couple of nights Uh and it's funny because most of the material that they got was from the first couple of nights and then I stopped drinking really like I I would drink but I really didn't drink too much there was a couple nights keep in mind we were there for five weeks so there was a couple nights where like I drank more than than others but most of the nights I was like let me just kind of like lay back and chill yeah. Which is unfortunately why a lot of the things that I liked that I said and did didn't make it to the show because right. they're like, now she's like kind of chilling. But yeah. the nights where I drank more is what really made it on, you know, TV. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you like came off like in a sloppy way or anything. And I think it's very easy to do when you're in a situation like that. Like, And keep in mind, I'm 22 years old at that point. Exactly. Which 22. Is- I was young. That is, that is the messiest age. Like I was in my party stage. Um, and so I was, you know. Yeah. No, I think you handled the, the best that you could, especially as a 22 year old. So the show ends. You didn't find a connection. Fast forward now, it's a few years down the line. So now this, a couple months ago, I was working on a talk show and we had a matchmaker come on and they're like, find someone who would be interested in coming on to like talk with this matchmaker. And it just kind of ended up working out perfectly. We got you on and we had your list, like a list of things you look for in a guy, traits physically and personality wise and morals and whatever. And I think it was like my favorite segment of the entire season. It was amazing. You guys were so good together. Um, But the point is like, you haven't found like the right guy yet. So how has your dating life been since narrowing down your list with our matchmakers since the show, since everything? Where's your dating life at now? Okay, so I I go on dates pretty regularly. I do avoid second dates like the plague because what I will say is that I'm committed to my lists and my wants and my needs. And to be honest, I think that I deserve those things. Yeah. Um, and I'm a good judgment of character. Let's put it that way. And so I don't want to have to teach a man how to treat me. 
and how to, you know, like I, I don't think I'm going to find somebody perfect. I think I'm going to have to, of course, communicate the things that I do want, because there's going to be somebody who you might have a spark with or a connection with, but maybe they don't, you know, do a certain thing. Like, so I'm not saying I'm, I'm expecting the full package, perfect coming signed, sealed, delivered, right. but I would at least like somebody who I feel confident with and comfortable with and that I know I don't have to explain myself to all the time. I want someone that I, we just get each other, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I go on dates a lot and I meet a lot of people and I'd say right now I, I'm a big one hit wonder. I go on a date yeah. and I'm like, that's it. So I do avoid a lot of second dates, even though some of the nicest guys have asked me out again, but it's just because not only am I like, oh, I'm not wasting my time, but I don't want to waste your time either if I know that you're not the one. Yeah, if it feels like a chore that you're dragging yourself out, like I remember a few years ago when I like was trying to date these guys, like I was out in New York, I'm like ugh, working and they want to take me to this awesome restaurant, like there's all these great things. And I'm like, I literally don't want to see this human being. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, this is just not it. Like dating should be fun. Yeah. Dating should be like, like, I want to go on a date and be like flirty and fun and like whatever. But I can tell off the bat if there's someone that I don't have that like intimate connection with, even like a sexual attraction or connection with like, you're like a friend, you know, so I'm here chilling with you and we're fine. And of course, I'm going to be polite and and thank you for taking me out. But I don't think it means I owe you a second date just because we had a good night. It's like, eh, that was fine. And I don't really feel that spark. You know, I don't even feel like flirty with you, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. And so I mentioned in your intro, you're living in Miami now. And you were, like you said, from New York. How is the dating scene different or similar between the two areas? Okay. I have lived in three different cities now. And what I find is that I think people have the wrong idea of like this city. Oh, you moved to the wrong place if you want to find love. Oh, dating is hard here. Dating is hard anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm such a believer that like you have a soulmate, someone's meant to be for you. And you're going to find that person no matter like where you live. So you're going to have to kiss a lot of frogs in any city, you know, or any state to get to your Prince Charming, right? So Mm -hmm. I have dealt with really not so nice guys in New York and in Miami. And I've also dealt with really nice guys too. Right before I had moved to Florida, because I moved to Tampa first, right before I had moved to Florida, I was actually dating a lot in New York. Uh Some guys that I was just like, oh my God. Like the definition of like, that's why dating in New York sucks, according to some people. But then I had also just dated somebody who I wish could have worked out with because he was the nicest guy. I could tell he was ready to settle down. Super like priorities, like check, 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 check. But there was just something missing for me. And I'm like, I could have, you know, found that diamond in the rough. Like everyone says, New York, dating in New York sucks. But then there's people like that. But I, it just didn't work. Yeah. Then I moved. And then dating in Florida has been the same way. You know, there's guys who still go to the same bars that they went to when we were in college, you know. And I'm like, you're 30. Like, yeah. let's yeah. keep moving. Yeah. And then there's guys that, you know, are older and ready to settle down. And those are a little harder to find. How do you feel about dating apps? Because I, when I was like single, I just was like not into it. Like I get grossed out. I hate when a man takes a selfie. So really it's never going to work out for me. (laughs) Okay. I feel the same way. (laughs) I actually find that the guys I match with, because I do have a hinge profile. I actually find that the guys I match with are always the guys who like crop themselves out of a photo, not like take a photo. 
you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I go, if I were to pull it up right now uh-huh. and look at the guys I've matched with on Hinge, it's literally like, you could tell there's someone else there. Like, I don't really like the selfies. So I do get the ick and I do cringe over a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say never say never. I don't know. I just, I'm such a believer. I'm going to meet my person in like a great story. And I just don't think that he's on a dating app. Yeah. But it's fun to go out on dates. So I I do have the dating app, but I'm a little bit more casual with that. Like when I meet somebody out, I'm very different. When I meet somebody in person, I'm my Vic 2.0 self. I'm like my higher version of myself. If I meet you out, I'm like very like, you know, this is how I want to be, whatever. When I'm on these dates, I kind of go into it with like no expectations because I'm like, this is casual. This is fun, whatever, you know. I can be my boyfriend. Like we're just doing. Exactly, exactly. I get that for sure. Um, Okay. So now I want to ask you because you were also contacted again by MTV to be a contestant on Double Shot at Love with Paulie D and Vinny. And so many girls listening, I'm sure like would have died to be in your position, but you turned it down. So why did you, why did you turn it down? (laughs) (laughs) So that was the moment that I severed my relationship with MTV because they actually had my flight. Like I was booked, I was like going. The thing is, when they contacted me, they didn't tell me what the show was. So this was, okay. So they contacted me saying that they have the perfect opportunity for me. And it's going to be like an MTV's version of The Bachelor. Mm. And they said, being that on X on the Beach, you dated somebody from The Bachelor and you, you know, dated for lack of better terms. Yeah. You dated somebody from The Bachelor and that was totally your vibe we feel like you're the perfect person because you have an MTV following. So this could be like a cross marketing opportunity for us. We expose you, you expose us. They said the show is already going right now. They're already filming right now. So we want to bring you in as like the big to do of like somebody else is coming. Yeah. Steal like them away and starts to stir shit up. Okay. So I said, Okay, let me tell you something, though. I actually want to meet somebody. I don't want drama. I don't want to go there and everyone and me be the target. Everybody starts shitting on me. I'm like, I'm not trying to look stupid. Like, I would love a Bachelor type show, but not, you know, I, I, I'd want it to be fair game. Like, I don't want to come in halfway. These girls have already made connections. And now it's like, she's here for the wrong reasons type of stuff, you know? Yeah. And they're like, no, oh my God, listen, would we actually think that the person who's this bachelor is like perfect for you? So that's why we want to bring you in because we're not seeing those connections yet. And we feel like you're going to be it. Yeah. I said, is this somebody that I've like dated before? Why do you feel so confidently about me? Yeah. They said, no. You never dated them before, but we just were so sure. Okay. You really can't tell me. No, we really can't tell you. I'm trusting you. Trust us. Okay. I'm going. I'm packing my stuff. I'm making my plans. Blah, 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 blah. What do you know? E! News posts saying that they got word that Pauly D and Vinny are in the process right now of filming an MTV dating show this is two days before I screenshotted it before you're flying out I screenshotted it and sent it to them and I said I know you can't tell me but I need you to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down is this what I'm coming for they said yes I said I'm out oh 
my and God. they called me and, and not really tried to convince me they weren't like please come they were like are you sure you don't want to come like we would love to have you are you sure that you don't want to come and so I was like I'm out and so I was out mm-hmm. and they pulled the plug on the whole idea because what it turns out is that they were bringing me mm-hmm. a girl from Siesta Key a girl from what's the what's the Jersey Shore show called that oh, Jersey- Alabama Alabama Shore. They were bringing, um, I believe, for somebody from Are You the One, like four or five of us from other MTV shows. Right. And when I bowed out, they pulled the plug on it, and they didn't send any of them. Well, they did send that girl Maria. So the one that like Vinny's been vibing. Okay, with. so her. So but the one. It though. Now I think about it. But apparently, there was supposed to be like five of us, and they just dropped the whole idea. And they, I guess, they only sent the one. I guarantee you, they were saying that the one they think you're gonna vibe with is Vinny. The reason why I'm saying that is because you're both from Staten Island. I don't, I really don't know what else. When, when I found out what it was, I was like almost offended that they were so confident that it was that I, I was like, I left Staten Island. Like, <laughs> this is not what I'm trying to do. I want to meet like somebody who really wants to settle down. I'm imagining bachelor style where That's- they get engaged at the end. I'm not thinking fucking Jersey Shore part like that. When I saw that, I was like, you're kidding me. Yeah. Like, you're kidding me. So I was like, no, I'm out. You turn it down basically because when you find out it's them, you're like, this, these are clearly not guys who are like trying to like actually get married and you are trying to literally date to get married. I'm like, this is not going to manifest my soulmate. Like I'm big on like the energy you put out into the universe type of thing. And I'm like, what kind of energy? I'm going to give mixed signals to the goddamn universe because Uh I'm saying I got kids and marriage and, and like to settle down in life. And listen, they are successful men, more power to them. But I'm not that, you know? So I was like, no, that's not. Yeah, not, yeah, not we were going for. Definitely like. And who's to say they would have even liked me? Like, you know, I'm not even just sitting here like, I denied them. They might've sent me home day one. It's not even like that. It's just like, that's not, no. Not the type of thing you you wanted to do. You just didn't want to do anything like messy party. Even when you were on X on the beach, you weren't trying to be like this huge party girl. So why on? No, no, I really, I really wasn't. And that's why it's such a shame from X on the beach that so many things that I said and and stuff when I was drunk, I mean, there was really nothing crazy, but the nights where I like acted out the most was because of the drinking. And that's why I wasn't like that 90% of the time, because I'm like, I don't want to give off that vibe. And I don't think that I did. I definitely didn't come across as a party girl because I was not. But, you know, I'm like, this is not what I want to put on TV. That's so interesting to me, though, about like all the other shows too, like all the other show people, because the one person that they did bring ends up being the girl Maria who like actually did click with Vinny. I could. And that's amazing for them. Like that's great that that their plan worked there. But yeah. Not but, me. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't work out. Um, but I get it. Like props to you because I think back to the show, they never did have that gotcha moment. Like no one, whoever came in on night one, I'm pretty sure that's just who they had the whole rest of the season. I actually never watched it. I never saw a single episode, so I don't. I really don't even know. I felt like I had to because growing up at like Jersey Shore, I felt like I had an obligation to watch the show growing up, was obsessed with it. And then anything that they like did later on, I'm like, oh, I'll tune in. Um, And so I did watch. They had for season, so they just got picked up for season three actually, which is wild because season two was so misleading. I thought it's like not even about like finding love anymore. Although Polly did- I'm super confused. 
yeah so the show season two it's like they're just a whole group of friends now but it's still called double shot at love but it wasn't a dating show for season two or season three i'm guessing it's just still gonna be them having fun they were in vegas and anyway paulie d is now actually seriously together with one of the girls which is pretty wild i Oh, wow. They seem like a, like they actually are a perfect match. Um, but it's just so crazy. I mean, I don't get why they, they should change the name and rebrand it because it's not a dating show. So, but I get why you would turn it down. It's just not like what you were looking to do. So Especially makes- because after X on the beach, you know, I really did get to capitalize on that opportunity and venture out and start businesses and start, you know, monetizing basically my whole life. And like, for me to have gone on that show and, and to put those things on hold. You needed to be sure about it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it for me, like financially and, and just morally, it really just wasn't worth it. Because if, listen, if they offered me a ton of money, mm-hmm. trust me, I would have sucked it up and did it. But yeah. for the amount of money that they offered me, I was like, I'm not a sellout. Like I'm not desperate for money. Like this is not worth, you know, mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, no, I commend you because a lot of people would have just done it just for clout and then they end up looking dumb and getting drunk and stupid on TV. Um, <laughs> so would you ever do reality TV again? Would even if it, what if it was like a bachelor, like actually the bachelor, would you do anything like that? Um, I would not do dating on TV. I really wouldn't. And especially, and I'm going to be completely transparent with you. I feel like everyone is canceled for every single thing. Mm-hmm. You can't go on any show and be you anymore because you say the one wrong thing, make one wrong turn. Like if everything is not politically correct. And yeah. so I feel like if I'm trying to date and genuinely get to know someone, there are questions I'm going to have to ask and things that I'm going to have to share with you. And like, because if I'm going on a dating show, like seriously, at this age, I'm 26 years old now, I'm not 22 anymore. It's not fun anymore. Like that, like yeah. I'm 26 years old. Like if I'm looking for my person and my partner, we're going to have to have real conversations to avoid the things that just went on on The Bachelor this season, you know, like, and yeah. Yeah. we need to make sure that we are aligned. We need to make sure that we we share values and morals and, and all of these things. And, and to me, like dating is much more serious than a reality TV show, yeah. especially today, especially today, because we have to make sure that we are aligned. And so for dating, no, I would not put my personal information like that out there for people to judge and tell me. And uh, I just wouldn't have a deep connection and like figure that out on camera. I just, I couldn't possibly do that anymore. Maybe when I was younger, maybe when they did, you know, the Pauly D and Vinny show, if that had worked out, sure. I would, at that point I was 23, you know, I was still young, but now it's like, no, I'm older. I'm like, I'm ready for, you know, serious conversations. But if it were something that was more productive and more positive, I didn't really have to get too personal. It was maybe that was more fashion or business or lifestyle focused on just like a real life thing that I could be a part of for sure. For sure. I would, but it would have to be the right opportunity. It'd have to be something that helps me and my businesses rather than my personal stuff you know I don't think that that's worth being on tv yeah I totally get that that actually leads me to my last question I have for you too so you are like the boss's bitch like look at your background right now I know this is a podcast and people can't see what I'm talking about but like you got it all the way together and you have all these businesses you're doing and, and things like that so like my question to you is like what does the future look like then for you like what are some of your biggest passion projects and dreams that you have um, envisioned for yourself in the future? So I'm currently in the process of launching my biggest passion project. So I can't give 
too much info, but this is the first time that I'm actually really saying that. So that, this right. is something in the next couple of months to be on the lookout for because I'm really excited about this. And this is something that is fully, fully my own. Like this is my baby from A to Z start to finish. So that I'm really excited about. And that's something that I want to make, you know, full time my life. Um, but other than that, I'm newly living in Miami. So I am prioritizing socializing and a personal life because that was that that wasn't on my goals. Like when I was writing down my goals, it was only financial, it was only work, it was only business. And while ha- building what I'm building right now is is a huge priority. Yeah. I'm getting to make a goal like have fun, you know, like enjoy yourself. And, and Met you like back in like it was 2018, end of 2018, like you really, I feel like you're just prioritizing like your personal life these past few months since I've known you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Fully enjoy that. I totally, especially while you're in Miami. Yeah. It feels, listen, like this is definitely not my final destination. I'm not going to raise a family in Miami. So I feel like being here, I was never going to launch what I'm launching now until I moved here and started to be around way more successful people. Cause I'm successful as far as what I do and things like that. But when you start to go around and network and be around other people in a place like Miami, you're like, holy shit, I need to step it up. There's so much more that, that I could do. Um, and so I, I feel like I've gotten that inspiration to do more and, and you know, to create my own other brand, but that also inspired me to get out there and meet more people that there is, you know, more to life than sitting home and working all day. So even though that might not be like the the proper answer to like, what are your dreams and goals? It's like, no, one of my goals is literally prioritizing just a social life right now. Yeah. And then that in turn could lead to like networking to the right people who help you then with your other goals and dreams. So I guess. exactly. You really never know. And a place like Miami is a gold mine for making the right connections like you have to put yourself out there in a place like Miami because you will you will meet the right people whether it's at lunch at the club wherever it's it's so funny I went to over this past weekend I went to poppy steak for dinner one night and our waiter was just like the nicest guy ever whatever and he wanted like to help us meet like all these great people so I'm literally just walking to the bathroom with two of my girlfriends and he goes oh wait you guys have to meet so and so and I had no idea what this man does nothing like I'm just trying to go to the bathroom and he said oh he's from Toronto so as a joke I was like oh you're from Toronto do you know Justin Bieber and Drake pulls up pictures of them is does business with Drake does all these things and I'm like oh my god <laughs> you're like well hi okay let's meet you great connection like hi this is what I do and then there's this other tv producer who's like a huge whatever everyone would know his name if I said it I'm not gonna say it but he's there like Miami is a gold mine and yeah, it's like, uh, yeah I mean like, the Kardashians and, and the Jenners were just here last weekend uh Dave oh. Brutman opened a new hotel the Good Time Hotel and they were here for the launch of that all the Kardashians the Jenners the Beckhams literally everybody was here because yeah. Dave Brutman opened it with Pharrell so of course all the celebrities were yeah. showing up but like, it is the place to be when you want to definitely go out and meet people and, and have a good time, but then also get inspired to work harder because you're probably the least successful person in the room. 
Absolutely. It's a very humbling moment. Yeah, for sure. And then I just think like, if we just weren't friendly people with our waiter, would have never met that guy who was two feet away from me, didn't know who he was, you know? So it's just a matter of like- We're Northeast girls. So Northeast girls are definitely like, we talk, you know, we talk and talk and we walk the walk. (laughs) We're not like, you know, a lot of girls from Florida, being that I've lived in Tampa and Miami are not friendly like that, you know, like they're just not like that. Uh They're much more like to themselves. and, and, And that's- you know, to each their own, that's fine. But we're the type of people who we go out and we can make conversations with the brick wall. Yep, make friends with anyone. It's fun. Whenever I go somewhere too, like when I was in Miami, when I went to LA, every single time there's somebody, a handful of people, I'll be like, are you from Jersey? Are you from whatever? And I'm like, yeah. wow, can you tell? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like those always. I'm always asked if I'm from New York. Always. Yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny. But yeah, I mean, well, congrats on your project. Like you are the LLC queen. So like I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for you. I think you have so much like ahead of you. You're so young and just like killing it. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And thank you for doing this. I was just saying to you before, before we started recording, the Met Gala is officially in session for September, 2021. So we'll we have, might have to reconvene. And, and we'll have to talk about stuff. Yeah. What, what looks worked and what looks did not work. We're going to have to do that. Um, well, thank you so much. And we will have you on soon for tea time. <laughs> yes. Thank you. This was a blast. Well, guys, that wraps up another episode of Tea Time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Next week, we have another very special guest that I'm very excited to share with you, but I won't spill the tea on that just yet. So until next Wednesday, stay sipping that tea. See you guys then.